Put your hands together if you are excited to celebrate Easter. Is anybody excited to celebrate Easter? A couple people? Yeah. Welcome to Resurrection Sunday. This is part one. Yeah, that's right. We're doing it in parts. Part one, the empty tomb. My name is John. I have the privilege to be one of the pastors here. And we are so grateful to celebrate with all of you and, and everybody online. Like it, it is crazy that, that we have people tuning in from, from all across the country, all over the state, like uh, Brett and Madalena, they tune in from California and John and Joanne faithfully in, in Florida. Now get this one, the Mallard family from South Dakota. What y'all doing in South Dakota watching Whitewater in Cincinnati? Huh? And the, and the Williams family in Tennessee, Denise and Tim up in Cleveland, mom and dad, hey, it's like Romper Room. You remember Romper Room? Oh, is anybody old enough? Yeah, I'm old enough for Romper Room. Listen, if you're watching online, uh, will you favor? Will you drop in the chat right now and just put in where you are tuning in from? We are so humbled to be a part of something bigger, right? Do you? Does anybody out there know that God is doing something bigger in your life? Anybody? J just a couple, yeah. Doing something bigger in your life. Today we are celebrating part one, the empty tomb. Next Sunday is part two, the journey begins. Every epic story comes in two parts. You know that, right? Sometimes three parts. Do I have any Godfather fans? <laughs> right, remember? Yeah, yeah, three parts, right? Uh, what's another uh, good or great epic two-part? Well, of course, uh, the Avengers. No, Harry Potter. We'll go Harry Potter, Deathly Hollows, part one and two. Or, or the Avengers. Come on, Alan. Come on. Endgame and Infinity War. Or, or, or uh, now this one is my favorite. It's not. Twilight, Breaking Dawn, part one and two. <laughs> I went to the midnight showing. That's how much I love my wife. Today is part one, the empty tomb, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is risen. You know that, right? He is risen. Are you excited? Yeah. I see it like, I, I, I'm not going to call you out. If I knew your names, I'd call you out so much right now, but I'm not going to because they're recording this. Resurrection means for all of us new life. Do you, like, man, I, I don't know. It, maybe you lived a perfect life, and so resurrection for you ain't no big deal. Like, you don't need a second chance. But for me and any other misfit like me, resurrection means new life, new opportunities, new seasons. And Reds fans, can we just say we're looking for a resurrection of a winning season out of the gate? My goodness. What would resurrection mean for you? Real time. Really, if we're, if we're going to be honest, and I encourage all of us to be honest, you know, at church, you know, where would it be good news if resurrection in your life showed up? What would that look like for you? Resurrection in your marriage, in your relationships, in what area of your life would resurrection be good news? maybe just ready for something new. Is anybody by a show of hands ready for something new? Yeah, yeah, something new. See, for the last uh, couple weeks, we, we've been talking about how Jesus, who is fully God and fully man, that he uh, experienced all these different emotions in his final week. 
leading up to the cross. And so we, we saw these emotions that we could identify with because he, he, he felt some same things that we feel. He, he, Jesus, he felt determined and angered and betrayed and abandoned and burdened. And today we'll look at Jesus and his mission that is now fulfilled. I want to take a look back two days ago to Good Friday when we remember Jesus's death on the cross. Scripture says that when Jesus died on the cross, at the same time he is being crucified, that the curtain that was in the temple in Jerusalem, a curtain would hang in this temple, this really holy place for those that don't know. And this curtain was four inches thick and it separated the dwelling place of God and God's people. And it says when Jesus was crucified, that curtain was torn in two at the exact same time from top to bottom. See, signifying that the thing that separated God from his people was now removed. That's good news. On this Easter, I want us to get excited and celebrate that because the curtain is now torn, we now have all access to a loving and holy father. Because of an empty tomb, we now have all access to a life that is full and abundant. What does all access mean to you? What, what does all access to God mean to, to you? Do, do you know that you have all access to a loving Father, a never stopping, never giving up on you. Nothing can separate you from his love, Father in heaven. Do you know that? I want to take a look at this Easter story we're talking about. This is Luke 24, verse 1. This is Luke's account of Resurrection Sunday. It says, very early on a Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. They found the body of the Lord Jesus. They found the stone that had been rolled away from the entrance. And so they went in and they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, Two men suddenly appeared to them, two angels clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and they bowed their faces to the ground and and the angel said, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here, he is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee? That the son of man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day. He's not, he's alive, you know? Like, do you know that he's alive? Is he alive in your life? Or are you just kind of going through the motions in your life? (laughs) Oh, okay, you're just checking off the box today? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Verse five, it jumps off the page to me. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? This is something I I want us to wrestle with today. See, I think if we're, if we're going to be honest, like, uh, uh, are we, are we going to dead places so that we can feel alive? Are we looking to dead people, places, and things to be fulfilled? Let's, let's keep it real. Be honest with ourselves. Like, we've all done this, all of us, every single one of us, maybe even are still doing this. And every time we do this, in our attempt to be fulfilled, we always end up feeling what? Empty. Empty. 
As a culture, like, we're just notorious for this, right? We're, we, we go to empty people and empty places and things thinking we're going to get full, but we just end up, you know, being unfulfilled. And we do this with simple things, you know, like, like when we're hungry, you know, we, so we go to empty places, you know, like fast food, you know, <laughs> we go to fast food and we love our fast food, don't we? Hey, we love some fast food, right? And so we're hungry and, and we go to what's easy and so we go to fast food and, and, and we get some fast food and, and are we fulfilled? No. <laughs> no, no, we're left with a bad taste in our mouth, an upset stomach and a gut. You know, Taco Bell sounds good until the following morning, right? <laughs> well, are, are we full? Maybe, but we're not fulfilled, right? Well, we're, we're just, you know, now struggling, you know, to be overweight and addicted to sugar and preservatives, but that's a whole other topic for another day. Like... <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm the only one who wrestles with that. Maybe, maybe for you it's something a little deeper. You know, maybe, um, like how many of you are misfits like me that you've gone to unhealthy places, to unhealthy things, desperate to be fulfilled, only to find yourself emptier than when you first started? Like, there's dead places and things that we go to like, we, we might not call them dead or we might not call them cemeteries, but they're dead nonetheless. They're unhealthy. They're, they're filled with unhealth and death. Every, and, and, and it goes like this. Every time we think that, like, one more drink will take the edge off or every time we think that one more, you know, visit to Pornhub will, will, will make us feel alive, right? Or every time we, we think that one more little skim off the top that nobody will notice, you know, will make my pocket a little larger and my bank account a little stronger and, and, it, and it's okay. They're a big company. They won't notice. Every time that we linger emotionally with a coworker filling a void that was meant to be filled by our spouse. Every time that maybe we, you know, we share something online or we send a text or, or we drop something in Discord that tears somebody else down so that we lift ourselves up. Every time we post something that divides us, instead of unifying us, we're bringing dead, we're going to dead places to feel fulfilled. And friends, we got to stop doing this. You wonder why you're anxious all the time? You wonder why you're depressed all the time? You wonder why you're worried all the time? It's because we're going to dead places that don't fulfill us. We've got to take better care of ourselves. And I know it might sound harsh to call somebody like unhealthy or call them dead, right? But sometimes the truth hurts. <laughs> like sometimes some people are not healthy yet. <laughs> some people are stealing the life from you right now. They're polluting your mind and stealing your joy. Like it's like, stop, stop. You're in control, really. <laughs> Stop going to dead people looking to be alive. Stop going to dead people looking to be fulfilled. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Jump back to the Easter story, but I want to go to the book of Matthew now. Matthew 28, verse 7, it says, uh, this is the angel speaking, and it says, go quickly and tell his disciples, he's talking to the women, that Jesus has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee and you will see him there and remember what I have told you. And so the, the women, they ran quickly from the tomb and, and they were really frightened because sometimes your first reaction to good news is fear and that's okay, keep moving. But they were also filled with great joy, scripture says. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. Notice that as they went, even though they were afraid, they did it anyway. 
Some of y'all got stuff in front of you that you're like, man, I'm a little afraid. And you're still, they did it anyway. You should do it anyway. Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to Jesus and they grasped his feet. They couldn't help but praise the Father. They worship him. Then Jesus said to them again, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee. And guess what? They will see me there. You're going to see him again. <laughs> You're going to see him again. On this Easter weekend, like, can I just want to pause, like, just reflecting on this passage right here. Can we just take a moment and thank God for all the faith-filled women that have been making our lives better, right, by sharing the love of Jesus? Can we just thank them? Like, man, they've been putting up with our stuff for how long, right? Husbands, take care of your wives. Take care of your mamas and your grandmas and your daughters and your girlfriends. Like, the, Jesus, like, he went to the cross, right? And all the fellas, all the boys except for John, they all hid in fear because they didn't want to end up like Jesus, right? But who was there at the cross the whole time? The women. After the crucifixion, when the disciples were scat scattered and they were still in hiding, who went to the tomb? The women. And when you think about it, if you think about it, who were the first to preach the gospel message of the Easter message? Who? who? Oh, the women. You picked up on that, didn't you? The angel said to the women, now go and tell. Go and tell. Thank you, ladies, for telling us the good news of the Easter message. Thank you for putting up with us for so long. Even if it was just for nine months, you put up with us. We wouldn't be here, none of us, if it weren't for a good woman in our life. Think about that later with your kids. That's fine. <laughs> the ladies, they ran, even though they were afraid, filled with great joy, and spread the good news that he is risen, the tomb is empty, the Easter message, that's it. That's what we celebrate that those ladies were saying for how long? Like, what would be good news for you? You know, like that you would, you'd be willing to go do crazy things even though you were afraid. What would be good news for you? You know, and I don't want you to say like, oh, that Jesus is, is my king. Like that's, I love that and I really hope that. But, you know, you know, you're in church so you feel like you have to say that. What would be good news that the allergies wouldn't be as bad as they are right now? Like what, what would be good news like if you had a three-way from, from Skyline, you know, after this, like would that be good news? Or, or like, really? Like what would be good news? Like that you got a heart emoji from a boy that you're crushing on? Hey. Maybe it's a little more serious. Like maybe it's good news would be a clean mammogram. Right? Or maybe it's a positive pregnancy test. That'd be good news. Maybe for others, it'd be the gift of another day. Because you know it's not promised. As David mentioned, for our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine, maybe good news would be a ceasefire, a night without bombing. Like if you haven't already, I just want to encourage you to join Kelly and I as we give to the Ukrainian relief offering. Like good news of Easter is that even when the world is not good, even when we are not good, the only one who was perfectly good saw all of us 
misfits and said that we were worth dying for before we had our lives together, right? Before we ever claimed him as our savior, he claimed us as sons and daughters and said, you're worth giving new life to, right? See, on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. His human mission was to seek and save the lost. That was complete. The empty tomb cries out the good news that his divine mission is complete. My hope for all of us is that this Easter is that we will become hungry for some good news, hungry for things that only God can give us now because of the empty tomb. What are you hungry for? You're all hungry for something. Hungry for Easter? Going to eat something? What are you hungry for, really? Are you like those women? Like, are you hungry for joy? Hungry, you know, to, to praise? Hungry for, for God's favor and God's purpose in your life? See, Alan, I'm just going to go there. See, some of us, we, we're not hungry for praise and to praise God because some of us don't have a positive perspective. Some of us don't count our blessings. Some of us don't praise God for being able to walk and breathe on our own because we're not hungry enough. See, maybe it's hard for you, you know, you know, it's all good, I love you, but it's hard for you because you've never experienced not. You've never experienced empty. See, those of us, I know who you are, those of us who have experienced empty know how fulfilling the empty tomb is. See, when all you have is Jesus, you worry less about the haters and worry more about the one whose opinion really matters. Like, where does my help come from? Anybody know the scriptures? Where's my help come from? Does it come from the mountains? Does it come from the comments in the chat? Does it come from the number of followers I have on Facebook? Does it come from the praise we get from our boss? The number of people that aren't offended by what we do or say? Our help comes from the who? The Lord, right? When everything else has been stripped from you, you can't help but praise the one who was stripped and beaten for you. Come on, where are my Easter people at? Come on, you know that was good. My goodness, like when all you got is Jesus, nothing can fulfill like the empty tomb. When all you got is him, empty is greater than full. What would full be for you like what would be like man i wish this was full like let's be honest what would fulfilled look like for you a full bank account hey <laughs> a full career uh, a full following on instagram a a, a full marriage a, a full glass of cabernet uh, a full head of hair come on that'd be nice 20 years waiting for that again like, I'm telling you right now, just as someone who has uh, been through uh, uh, some stuff, you know, as someone who, who, who's been full of everything that this world has to offer, from, from women to success to money to sex to cars, like, if you fill yourself up on dead things, you'll just end up full of dead things. Yeah. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you, you can relate to being full of dead things. And see, when you're in that place, you, you just kind of feel like the walking dead. 
right? Just you know, walking around, walking around in dead places, desperate for something alive. See, the good news of Easter is that because of Jesus and his death on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and his resurrection to defeat death once and for all, come on, we don't have to be another unfulfilled dead man walking. We don't have to be empty when we choose to follow the one who walked out of the empty. We can be fulfilled, right? In the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says the enemy, who's very real, the enemy comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come so that you may have life and have it to the what? Full. Are you living life to the full right now or are you just going through the motions? See, an empty tomb means that I have all access to a father that wants us to be fulfilled, to live a life that is full. All access to the father means that we have all access to hope and to forgiveness and to blessing and opportunity and to mission. We have, we have all access to an abundant life purposed to bring heaven to earth, purposed to transform the world around us, purposed to use all that we have to bring glory and honor to the Father, to the King of kings who shed his blood on the cross for every single one of us. Because of the empty, we can be full. But listen, we have got to be empty to be full. We've got to empty some things out to make room so that we may be full, filled, filled, full of him. We've got to empty out the unhealthy and make room. And, and, and maybe like today, like, you know, like you could start that, <laughs> Right? You, you could start that journey to make room to empty some things out that you've been holding on to, right? Maybe it's time to let go of that thing. Maybe it's time to, to let go and, and get that regret out and get that unforgiveness out and that judgment and that guilt and that greed and that pride. We've got to let go. We've got to empty out so that we can be full. See, he gave us all access to him so that we could have our fill of him. Like I know that a lot of us are, this weekend we're going to be heading out for, for Easter dinners and Easter meals. And, and maybe you may be cooking like an awesome Easter meal. I didn't get invited, thank you. Um, some of you are, are heading out, you know, maybe to relatives or friends. Heading out to eat at a restaurant, you know. Like what's your favorite Easter meal, right? What's yours? Mine's honey baked ham. Come on now somebody. Oh, my goodness, my, my, my good friend, how long did you wait? 45 minutes, an hour, 14 hours to get a honey-baked ham today? Like, I love honey-baked ham. There is nothing that says he is risen like a honey-baked pig. <laughs> you know that's right. It's wrong, but that's right. <laughs> and maybe it's just me looking forward to some good Easter eats that's making me think like this, but... For me, all access points me and reminds me to an all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> Welcome to my crazy mind. <laughs> like, right, you, ever, you ever go to those all-you-can-eat buffets? I don't get to anymore. 
One, because Kelly won't let me go. She hates him. And two, because every time I did go, I'd gain 10 pounds, right? Like, I'd always leave, you know, 10 pounds heavier, full but unfulfilled, right? So let me take you back to those days of all-you-can-eat buffets to a little place called the Ponderosa. Any ever, you ever been to the Ponderosa? Oh, my goodness. Oh, we hit a nerve with the Ponderosa. Oh, see, see, before there was Golden Corral and China Buffet and Grand Buffet and CeCe's All-You-Can-Eat Pizza, there was Ponderosa. It was magical. It was endless of all the goodness. And this was paradise for a teenage boy, right? Endless trips. Like, you could get a plate, and I didn't know you could get two plates, so I would put everything on one plate, right? Like, I just put as much ham and pizza and waffles and burgers and hamburgers and fried chicken and, and, and mashed potatoes and, and chocolate pudding and, and, and jello. I put it all on the same plate right and then the holy grail right the holy grail when you found out there was an ice cream machine and you could have all that you wanted <laughs> in the late 80s this was heaven for me like come on so when my dad said we're going to ponderosa he didn't know it dad you didn't know this but when you said we're going to ponderosa you were saying like i got all access to heaven thank you dad I'm still working off them love handles from the late 80s. <laughs> See, I, I know that's silly, but, but I think if we're going to be honest, I think we live in an all-you-can-eat culture. Right? Like, we have all access to an all-you-can-consume buffet to anything we want at the touch of a screen. Like, we don't have to go to Ponderosa anymore. Ponderosa is brought to us. Thank you, DoorDash. Hey! Right? Like, like what, what do you want right now? You want something? You hungry? Like, you want some chicken wings? Thank you, DoorDash. If you order chicken wings right now, you can probably get it here before the end of the sermon, right? I mean, like... What, what are you in the mood for? You want some ham? You want some apple pie? You, you want a new Apple computer, an iPhone, an iPad? You want electronics? You want comic books? You want 80s pop culture memorabilia? You want pioneer woman cookbooks? Thank you, Amazon. We have all access to anything we want, including conspiracy theories. Not that any of you would ever go there. All access to paranoia, sex, stress, anxiety, depression. All of it can be delivered tonight if you order now within the next 32 minutes. Right? We have all access to all the unhealthy stuff. And if we're being honest, we willingly and we repeatedly go to that buffet. So, what are you consuming? We're all consuming something. Are we consuming the good stuff? You know, the things, you know, like, are, are the things that we're consuming at the buffet, are they actually making us healthier, wiser, closer to the student, woman, man that God created us to be? Or are the things that we're consuming slowly consuming us? 
like, this, this, like as a pastor, as a friend, the white in my beard <laughs> is there because I can't figure this out. Why do we keep going to that buffet when we know good and well that none of that stuff delivers on the promises to satisfy. She's not going to give you what you are craving. The grass is not greener. When you think the grass is greener on the other side, go back home and water your own grass. Why do we keep? You know what I mean? Like, we've got all access to the creator of the universe, the king of kings. Why do we keep going to an old nasty buffet, right? He's like, he's over here offering us like steak and lobster, right? And we keep going back for like moldy, like overheated meatloaf that's been sitting out for six hours. Like, why do we do that? So maybe this Easter, we could break that cycle, you know? Maybe this Easter, maybe, maybe there's some things in our lives that maybe we can actually finally like let go of. Some things that maybe we can stop chasing after, buffet lines that we can get out of. Maybe there's some people that we need to have a hard conversation with and end some things so that we can start getting hungry again. Hungry for something new. Hungry for something that will actually satisfy. Hungry for something that you can't pick up at that crappy buffet. <laughs> like something that will actually fulfill and sustain us. Maybe this Easter we can start making room for the good stuff. More so maybe we can empty ourselves out for the God stuff. Like we, we get to have all access. We get to have our fill because of the empty tomb. So what would it look like for every single one of us to take advantage of the abundant life that is offered because of the empty tomb? Every single one of us can make a decision. Every single one of us can say, today I'm taking a step towards abundant life. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm stepping into the fullness of the life that he has promised for me. What's one thing that you could do today? This, like, t I was going to say this week, but come on, stop being lazy. Today, to push past the fear like those women that they did it afraid. To take a step closer to the Father, closer to becoming who God created us to be. Is there something that, that, that you need to stop? Something you need to let go of? A conversation that needs to happen? Maybe for you, like your next step, that step is for you to actually accept Jesus as your Lord and leader, as your Savior, because you never made that decision. Like he's the only one that's going to fulfill and satisfy. He's it. 
Like maybe that's your decision, your next step. And maybe you need to do that today after service. You come down and we're going to pray and we're going to accept Christ as your Savior. Listen, your chocolate Easter bunny can wait. Your honey-baked ham can wait because none of that stuff is actually going to be able to forgive your sins and give you new life today and for all eternity. (laughs) Maybe for you, maybe... uh, Maybe like Emma, who came up after, after service, uh, she said, um, I'm ready to, to, to take that step and I want to be baptized. Yeah, praise God. <laughs> Scripture says when one person, when one lost soul returns back home to the Father, all of heaven rejoices. So maybe for you it's a step of baptism. And if this is for you, we'd love to talk to you after service. If this is you, like, you can do that today. Or if you want to round up your family and friends and all your posse, you can do that next Sunday for our all-in baptism service. That's part two, y'all. I told you it was two parts. Part two, the journey begins at all-in baptism. See, all access to the Father allows us to follow in the footsteps of the Father and go all-in with our faith in baptism. All access allows us to go all in. So next Sunday, part two, the journey begins. Man, you're all invited. Copy and paste all of you here next week. Next Sunday, 9 and 11, part two begins. And you're going to see misfits of every shape, size, old and young, taking a bold step of faith and going all in into the water to begin their discipleship journey. See, if you don't know, baptism is the, is the beautiful picture of how we are joined with Christ in our own death, burial, and resurrection. And if baptism is something that, that you've been thinking about, like, man, we'd love to talk to you. We're here to celebrate with you. See, some of you, man, you're here today. You didn't want to be here today. You got drugged here today on us, right? Like you got, and I just want to say, you got to know how much that you are loved, that somebody would say, will you go with me? Right? Like you should thank God that you have somebody in your life that loves you that much to say, I want to celebrate Easter with you. I want you to hear the good news of new life. And so today, I, I, Kelly and I, we just, we celebrate with you. However you got here today, however you're listening today, we celebrate with you. I celebrate with you not as, not as a pastor, but as a fellow misfit who's just trying to follow Jesus every single day in the big stuff and the small just trying to keep my eyes fixed on the king, trying to make room for more of him and less of me so I can let go of the garbage and hold on to the God stuff in my life. It is an honor. It is an honor to celebrate this Easter with all of you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the men, women, and students that gathered here today to celebrate the resurrection of your son. Jesus, we thank you. We cannot fathom the type of love 
that held you on that cross. And so all we can do in our humanness is just say thank you. I ask that your Holy Spirit rain down and overwhelm us with your presence, that it is thick in our hearts and in our lives, that you will motivate us and compel us to take steps of growth to be more of the sons and daughters you made us to be. Father, I'm asking that you will remove the shackles and the chains and the barriers of any of the people that may be thinking about baptism and taking that step of faith. Remove the barriers, Father, and make the way clear for them to go all in and start their discipleship journey with baptism. Father, your people, God's people, together we just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.